I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Election Day for many governmental entities in the state of Texas is coming up May the 1st. As a public service, the Rio Grande Guardian offers a Meet the Candidate section so that you may become acquainted with candidates running during the upcoming election. Rio Grande Guardian editor Steve Taylor spoke to Dr. Shahid Rashid, one of the candidates running for mayor of the city of McAllen. This is Steve Taylor for the Rio Grande Guardian. We're in McAllen, Texas today for the latest in our Meet the Candidates series. Uh, I'm so pleased to be here with Dr. Shahid Rashid, MD, who is a doctor in McAllen, but he's been telling me he has uh, practices, centers uh, around the valley, but he is running for mayor of McAllen. And I'm here to interview him to ask him why and what the top issues are for him, what he's hearing from the voters, etc. So, Dr. Rashid, thank you so much for giving us some time today. Thank you so much, uh, Steve, uh, for this opportunity. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I say that it is a great opportunity to get connected with the, with the, uh, with the fellow citizens and uh, to let them know that what uh, I stand for and uh, what uh, the vision uh, I have for my beautiful city of McAllen. So it's sort of unusual. You like you said, you're not a politician at all. Your your uh, your life is 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 all about healthcare. Uh, your professional career is healthcare. What made you get into the race? What was what was so compelling that you thought you've got to offer the residents of McAllen something different? Just briefly, just a little bit about me. Uh, that, yes, uh, please. Um, I am a physician and a public health expert, trained at University of Texas Medical School in Houston and at Johns Hopkins University, Baltimore, Maryland. In addition to that, I am not only a physician, but I'm also an entrepreneur and a humanitarian volunteer and uh, um, and a person who was involved in uh, the in the formation of uh, and working for a lot of non-profit institutions so i've been serving as a my community as a physician and i've also been serving my community as a volunteer not at the city level but at the state and at the national and the international level i've been leading the teams uh, during the times of uh, the natural disasters, um, hurricanes, tornado, um, and then I was involved in almost all those eventualities that has happened, the calamities, in other words, I could say. And uh, all the way, uh, I am involved in the creation of uh, uh, um, what you call uh, free for service. It's a free cancer hospital uh, internationally that will treat the patients without charging them a single penny. And also involved in the, uh, the projects for the restoration of the vision uh, by the, the corneal transplantation and all that, so I was a part of those projects also. So that has been, I've been doing, that's, uh, you know, my, uh, my involvement. In addition to that, I've been involved in mentoring uh, the students, creating the scholarships, and helping the communities whatever the way possible and uh, so that's a little bit background about me that uh, and what i am mm -hmm. and um, um, the 
McAllen is uh, is blessed with uh, almost every ingredient to be one of the booming economy and a mega city in the nation. Being next to the Mexico, being the hub of the MSA, the Metropolitan Statistical Area, having a very young and vibrant uh, population, and 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 also having the the financial capital that uh, that it is one of uh, the number it is the number one city in the nation for its retail trade it has a billions of dollars of business but unfortunately we are one of the poorest cities in the nation and 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 that has uh, caused enormous uh, not only economic drain on the city but it has caused the the intellectual drain we have the biggest brain drain in the nation all our 64% of our youth they leave the valley 64% of our young population they leave the valley they don't come back and that youth has been trained at the ivy league institution in, in at Harvard, at Yale, at Berkeley, at the Brown University, at Johns Hopkins University, and they don't come back. And the reason is that because we don't have anything here to offer them. And we we are we our biggest uh, uh, what you call the the trade is the retail trade, and that's our biggest economic force. And we have a billions of dollars of trade. So I was talking to to, uh, to all my fellow uh, uh, friends and the citizens that we have the largest brain drain and the wealth drain. Being a consumer city with a consumer uh, economy, basically what you do that you let go 70 to 80% of your revenue. Who makes the money? The one who produces that. And that is basically that is affecting that is affecting our socio-economic uh, the conditions, and that's why we have the the unemployment rate, which is twice the national average. We have the poverty, which is twice the national average, and we have the city, which has the the the, the largest number of cases of diabetes. Um, obesity, uh, heart disease, uh, neurological problems, uh, the, the conditions, cancers, and so forth. Because poverty breeds diseases. And that's, these are all the factors, they are all tied in with the unemployment, the poverty. It is very unfortunate to notice that, that we have the feminization of poverty, the almost 26% of our women, they live under the poverty line. And during this pandemic, the single working mothers were affected so badly during this time. So these are all the factors. These are all the data. These are the numbers. Being a physician, how, how we work, that we take the history, we do the physical exam, we check the data, then we make the plan, and then we implement the plan. And if we have to consult some people, the other specialists, we do that, and we treat the patient. We don't abandon the patient. We treat them. Why? Because we cannot let them suffer. We will not let them come to these uh, these uh, unfortunate circumstances and right now we're in the middle of that 
The reason I jumped into the race was that I see that my city is suffering. They need a better living conditions. They they deserve a better lifestyle. They they deserve better better streets, better lights, better traffic, roads, education, and all these things that we can do that. It's not that we cannot. We have the resources. The only thing is that we have to have a fresh leadership with the, 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 with the, with the vision that how we could be able to, to handle all these problems. And these are, is, these are not unsolvable. The, we have been doing it all over the world and all over our country. As I just mentioned that, United States is the place where everything, we are blessed with everything, the, the education, you just name it, we are blessed with every virtue one could have. We, we landed at the Mars. So you, you can believe that, you know, that we, can, we have the solution for everything. The only thing is that we need to be determined to solve it. And at this time, as I just mentioned that, you know, the, in Taiwan, only eight people died during this pandemic. And the guy who did it was trained at Johns Hopkins University. When he can do this thing, somebody asked him that, how did you do that? He said that, you know, we were preparing it for the, for the last 17 years because we were hit with the SARS and we implemented these the policies and procedures and we said that never ever again and that's what they did and they effectively controlled the pandemic that has helped the economy many folds and that's what that's what the that was the reason because i'm i'm being a physician and a public health expert and being an entrepreneur i have all the attributes and I, I, I mean, I'm the only candidate among all of them that who has not only that served, uh, but I'm connected with the, the with the, with the with the grassroots. I am involved in every everyone's life, and I know their problems. I feel their problems. I'm not going to be talking to you that you know that I'm going to make this freeway or highway, but I have to make the the life the, the make the the common person's life better. And they deserve it. And I'm trained. I have the education. I have the experience. And I have the knowledge to do that. This is just, this being in the mural race is just basically the extension of what I, I practice. I treat the patient at an individual level. Now I'm going to help my community at the, at, at the community, at the city level. Because it's an extension. When when you i have given an example to someone that uh, when you treat a patient and you say that okay you're treated and we discharge the patient patient goes home and when the conditions at home are not favorable for him to to maintain or sustain that the, the disease he recovered he's going to relapse when he goes home, he knows that he will not have the light and he will have the problem with the flooding, he will have the bad street, he has to worry about uh, the bad roads, he has to worry about the, his socioeconomic, the poverty, unemployment. Do you think that he, he, he will be able to, to remain healthy? So basically, this is, this is the extension of what I do at a community level. We call it a community medicine.
how big a role um, in your decision to get, to get into the race did COVID play? COVID nineteen. How how big a factor was that in your decision to run for mayor? Yes, the um, you are absolutely right. This the COVID nineteen has uh, has really uh, has changed our lives for 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 good. And I call it. It was the nine eleven. It was the nine eleven, and uh, and unfortunately we were not prepared for that. And uh, and that has taken away from us the beautiful lives, beautiful people. We have the tables. There, the chairs are empty. Their loved one were gone, and they were not only that they lost the loss of life but loss of revenue, loss of our lifestyle, loss of our, our happiness. That has affected every aspect of our life. The pandemic will be controlled, but the post-pandemic, are we prepared for that? And there's no preparation for that. Not only medically, but economically. All those patients who have been exposed to this virus, uh, a quite a significant percentage of the people, they will have the long-term complications. We call long COVID syndromes. That they affect, because it's a very strange virus that has affected the respiratory tract, but it affects the brain and every other part of the human body. And we are learning every day the new things that are happening. It is very interesting to see that, you know, this virus makes you to lose the smell and the taste. And those are very specific areas in the brain. So we are learning so many things about it. It causes the myocarditis. It has caused the, the, the seizures, neurological diseases. And the worst thing is that the mental health conditions like suicides, depression, and chronic fatigue syndromes and all those. So these are going to be a big challenge for us, especially for the valley. We have 40% less physician and the health, uh, health professionals in the valley compared to the national. And that is, a, that is a very big challenge. And especially we are being in this, uh, the, the, the Rio Grande Valley area. And so it is going to be a big uh, uh, challenge for us to have uh, that, the number of the physicians and the healthcare workers to be involved here. And uh, so these are the challenges for which someone has to be prepared. And unfortunately, uh, I don't see anything on the table. Uh, when I was pointing out all those factors I just mentioned to you about the unemployment, poverty, brain drain, wealth drain, bad street, bad lights, the traffic, and not only on the top of everything, that we are also losing our police, our firefighters, our teachers. It is very interesting to know that, you know, we have like 25 vacant positions on the police, 20 plus on the firefighters, the 10 or 15, the teachers, they didn't renew their contracts. Why? Because they feel that they are not being being taken care of. They are not being competitively be 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 paid. It's unfortunate to know that you know the they are, they don't have the hazard pay. They had to use their own um, the salaries on on sick leaves if they get COVID during the line of duty. 
they have to prove it to their employer that I got COVID because I was on call. It's, it's, it's very, very heartbreaking. And on the top of that, they are the ones who have been protecting us, saving us. And all these things uh, are basically causing more and more of our law enforcement, our, our frontline people, um, being, being, you know, being leaving their services, and they're being hired by the state or by they they go to the the places where they make more money. So, uh, so these are all the challenges. When I was bringing it, most of the candidates, they were just. Uh, Every day they were chanting that we are doing good, we are doing good, that the things are good, the things are, uh, the valley is progressing, valley is doing great, and, and we, the pandemic never hit us. And um, uh, Steve, I tell you, it is, they are in a state of denial, a state of a disconnect. When you do not appreciate a problem, you will never be able to solve a problem. In me being in this race, that has really made a difference. And now, my, my uh, not only this thing that the, in this race now, what I've been saying is not only resonating with the voters, but now with the candidates. Now the candidates are acknowledging that there's a problem. Now the candidates are acknowledging that yes. There is a pandemic, we did not handle it uh, properly. They're talking about the flooding. They're talking about the, the roads and everything. And unfortunately, it is, it's, this is, see that I, I don't want to, uh, to point a finger on anyone. The thing is that everyone has this potential. Everyone has this ability to do how far they can do it. It's, it's not at all a, a bad thing to, to, to admit that I can't do it. Uh, unfortunately, you know the uh, we have. I'm the only one who is not in the in the in the city government, but most of them are the part of the city as a commissioner and being on the on the boards for not one year or two years for several years. Rather, some of them are for the decades. And the thing is that uh, yes, they we appreciate their services. They have done what they could, but it's time. The, the people, they, they deserve a better lifestyle, better living condition. It's not that, you know, that uh, is something wrong uh, to, to let the other people come in and do a better good, do a better things for the citizen. That's what we are here for. If I am, as a physician, when I cannot treat a patient, what I do? I consult the other specialist. I don't feel shame about it. And I say that, hey, I'm sorry, because if... Because why we do it? Because we have the best interest of the patient at heart. And I believe that it's my responsibility that, and, and, and it's not only my, my responsibility, it's my moral, ethical, and professional responsibility when someone is in, 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 in need of my help. And if I don't do that, it's against my oath. Um, I've seen you at the various uh, debates and the, the webinars that you've had all the candidates together and it's obviously it's very clear that your top issue is healthcare, and you would argue no doubt that uh, that's related to all these other uh, situations we have poverty um, uh, education etc so but how what do you say to the voter that would say well that 
they're all they hear from you is health care how can you be appealing to the voters of McAllen that are looking for someone uh, who has the skill set uh, and I know you've answered this in partly already in some of, in your answers but you you're effectively a one-trick pony your your issue is is health care but as mayor you're going to have so many other issues to deal with how do you address that it's a very good question, but let me tell you, healthcare is not the only priority. It is one of the priorities. Healthcare is is one of the priorities, and but as a mayor, as I stated that you know I am I I'm not only a physician. I'm a public health expert and also an entrepreneur, and I take the city running as a business, and that's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. So that so. We have to prioritize that. So health is one of the priorities. It's not the only priority. In addition to that, and I've been saying all along that, you know, that we have to address the, the, the issues of unemployment, poverty, the, the, the infrastructure, and, and not only that infrastructure, that how we could be able to diversify our economy, how we could be able to have our skilled workforce. All these things are the part of my platform. And it's not only, only that, you know, that I'm going to be only addressing the health care. We have to have a proactive approach to all these things. And we have to prioritize that what is our, our, our you know, priorities in order to handle. It's just like when I see a patient, what I do, if somebody's in emergency, so I have to first make sure that I resuscitate the patient. And then we accordingly, we treat every condition that person has. This is exactly what we have. Right now, we're just in the middle of the pandemic. And the pandemic, as soon as the pandemic is, is taken care of, and along with that, obviously, we are not going to, to just sit, you know, just only do the... It's not the only the pandemic, it is, but we, we have to address the issues that I mentioned about, the brain drain, the wealth drain. So, so, so I have the platform. That platform is... Uh, uh, I, I can discuss with you that uh, it is... Uh, as I stated earlier, that uh, the uh, we have to have a COVID task force that is going to to have the plan in place for the post-COVID, uh, the health uh, recovery, especially the mental health, because we have we we do not have enough psychiatrists and the mental health workers here. So those are the issues. Then the family practitioners we need. We need more cardiologists. We need more, more neurologists. So we have to have the plan in place for those. That is one thing. The second thing is that, you know, I always stated that the women are a significant, uh, 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 very, very significant in our, uh, because they are 52% of our population. And out of that, that we have one-fourth of them, they are, under, they are living under the poverty line, and that is the feminization of the poverty. And along with that, we have the income, the gender income inequality, that the women are paid less than the men. So for that, I have proposed the plan that, you know, we are going to give them the loans, the grants, financial assistance, so that they could be able to initiate the small businesses. And that's what we believe in. That's what the, our economy is all about. So we have to, to, to take care of them and to help them with these financial incentives so that they could be financially independent and they could be they will be the the, the part of our economic engine so they're going to help us 
uh, to in this recovery from the economic recovery. In addition to that, so creating the more skilled workforce that we are going to to offer our youth the vocational and the technical education through the paid internships, loans, scholarships, and so forth. How we are going to do that? It will be a basically a cooperation, collaboration, private and the public sectors. So this is how, if we are going to in, establish any industry here, so we are going to ask them that you have to provide us certain number of scholarship, paid internship, to have the, the our student be, be, be educated and trained in that very discipline. Along with that, we are going to involve our, our other, our other uh, uh, educational institutions like STCC. We can ask them that, you know, we need to have more emphasis on the vocational and technical education and so forth because we only have, we have a, like 35% of our the, the students, they, they graduate, they have a formal education. They don't have the technical education. In order for them to be the part of our economic engine, they have to have that training and so forth. Why all these things are necessary? And I stated to you earlier that we have a wealth drain because being a consumer society, we need to change our economic profile to that of a manufacturing, technological, and, and, and the medical industry. And that is going to really create a, a, a totally different kind of a, the, the economic boom that we are looking forward to. If you just look at that, this, uh, you know, there's a, um, it's, um, it's, um, uh, there's a border transportation master plan. They have like a $32.7 billion of plan to have a lo all along the, 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 the borders. And $11.7 billion will be given to the Rio Grande Valley. It's a significant number. It's a significant amount of money. That shows that how much potential we have, how the people they want to tap into our area. And I stated that we are close to Mexican border and we being the part of the MSA. That's the biggest asset we have. And, and in the, why they want to invest into this thing? Because the, the, the U.S. lost billions of dollars in trade because of not having adequate transportation all along the borders. So these are the things that we can tap into, into the, uh, the state uh, resources, reserves, and into the federal, and all these things that we have to have a regional approach as the mural, uh, as the mayor uh, 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 of uh, McAllen, that I won't have a regional approach. I'll reach out to all the other, uh, the, the, the mayors of the other municipalities so that we should go. Because when you go as a region, that has more uh, uh, impact to have the things uh, uh, driven our way. So the diversification of uh, the industries, a lot of, uh, uh, I have heard a lot uh, about Oh, we are going to bring the businesses here. We are going to have the other industries to come here. And what I say that, you know, no, I don't have to ask them to come here. We are going to create the businesses here. We, are, we have to have our own indigenous industry. And so that our wealth stays in the valley, our youth stays in the valley, our talent stays in the valley, our resources they stay, stay in the valley. And it's not that it's not possible. We have the investors. We have local investors. We have the local businesses. They can do it. We can do everything. We have the world-class the, the, the entrepreneurs. They can do it. 
You just look at that, that the people, they want to invest 11.7 billion in this area. That could tell you. You just look at that, what happened in Brownsville. Obviously, there's a potential. So we must, as the, 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 the leader with the, the fresh vision, that's what I look into that. When you say Brownsville, I'm imagining, imagine you're talking about Mr. Elon Musk. Yes, 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 yes. And you see how he relocated himself to, to Brownsville. And that's the reason, because here the valley has a potential. You're talking about some very big picture ideas here and um, wishing to have, you want to be a, a mayor of a city that is very proactive, takes a very um, proactive approach in in solving some big, big problems or challenges that, that this city's faced or this region's faced. Do you feel that you, you're, you'll, you'll only be one vote uh, on the dais, you've got, you're going to be working with other city commissioners. Do you think you can carry them with you and that they will, they will um, be on the same wavelength for addressing some very big, big issues? Exactly, Steve. That's one of the beautiful things you said, that, that the leader's quality is that, that he has to form a team and he should be able to, to bring that momentum to bring them on the same on one page because it's everywhere the leader is is there's one and then there are other people who go with them so that's the quality you should use because we are all here for the good of our community it's going to benefit our community and 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 the and I have to obviously have every one of them on the same page with me because that's that's the intention we have as I stated earlier, they don't have any, any political or financial stake into that other than the, the good of our people. And, and I think that, you know, that that's, that's the attribute or the quality of a leader. Or um, I would call, call that the, the, you know, the, uh, that's the strength one should have to, uh, to, to, to do the good and, and convince your, your colleagues to come as a team. And when as a team we can do anything, when we get to the Mars, it's not a big challenge for us. <laughs> um, Dr. Rashid, what are you hearing from the voters? You're knocking on the doors, you're, you're doing your block walking with your team. I've seen you out there uh, in the streets uh, asking for people's, the people to vote for you. What are the big issues you're hearing from the residents of McAllen? As I stated earlier, that everyone is talking about that uh, the, the unemployment and uh, the new jobs and uh, and uh, the obviously the infrastructure and um, and I have been you know also uh, meeting the uh, the law enforcements and um, their concerns are all that they are not being uh, being paid, um, especially the police. And I assured them that you know. Um, they will be paid competitively and they will have all the benefits post-retirement as well as the hazard pay and so forth. And I assure them that about the new jobs, that yes, we will do the diversification of our economy to that of a medical, uh, technological and manufacturing so that they, we could be able to create more jobs for them. And I, I, stated to, I stated earlier that we need to be proactive in all that, um, what we are planning to do to have the emergency disaster management system so that we could be able to get be ready 
that for any uh, natural man-made or humanitarian crisis, like that what happened in the freeze, that what happened with the, the power breakdown, we should have our own the electrical grids and all those the, the the structures so that we could be prepared for all these eventualities. We should be ready for any humanitarian crisis that happens, that we should have the facility to accommodate them, not to keep them safe, but to keep our citizens safe. So, so we need to so I, I, I mean, um, that's that's a beautiful experience that which I uh, I'm having, that I've been going and knocking at the doors, and I've been all the way from the south to the north to the east to the west, and the people are very excited, very delighted that they have someone who is not a career politician in the race, and uh, and I've been talking to them, and the, the reason of the voters. Apathy is uh, that the, 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 the voters, they think that, you know, their vote does not matter because they don't have any options. They don't have any, any, any representation because the same, uh, you know, the, the people, they are just running, it's just like a musical chair. And this time, they have an opportunity, they have a choice, and they're very excited. And to be very honest, they said, hey, Doc, listen, that if you don't do better, we will vote you out. I said, yes, you should do that. I want you to first thing is that to vote and show your power. Let the people know this is not a seat of power, it's a seat of service that make them, because that's your tax money, and that's your money, your, your hard-earned money. You need to hold us accountable. So once you hold us accountable, then everything will set in place, but do vote. The voters, the, it's unfortunate that we have 65,000 registered voters, and how many they vote? Only 8,000. And why? Because it's called the voters for voter fatigue or voter voter alienation. These are the the, the 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 reasons. The voter believe that you know I don't have any choice. My voter doesn't make any difference. No matter I go, these are the same old faces I have. So 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 this is what we have to. My candidacy is already making the differences. Not only with the voters, it's resonating with the voters, but it's resonating with the with the candidates. Now they're acknowledging. And I, it was very unfortunate to hear uh, from someone, he said that, oh, you know, the, the mayor's is not the city's responsibility to take care of health or education, the jobs. He said that our, and it is on record, probably I think that you were in that, in that uh, the, the, forum. The, the forum there, that uh, the city's job is to take care of the streets and the sewage and the water. And this is the disconnect. This is the state of denial, and that's the reason that I'm running for this race. And the people, they're sitting right on, on, on that, that, that platform and saying that the city is doing better. Just to let you know that we had to adjust our budget for $3.3 million because of all this, the, the pandemic and the crisis we are going through. In addition to that, that you you'll be surprised that you know we we lost about like ten or fourteen million dollars because of loss in sales. And why are numbers they look good? Because it's stimulus. It's a temporary fix. Are we ready when there is no stimulus? You need to have that, those proactive approach to prepare right now. And I see that the, the, the state is giving $42 million. 
that $42 million, uh, they, they already had the plans to spend it. We need to invest that $42 million so that as a seed money to get more money so that we could be able to have sustainable projects. They could be able to offer more stability, economic stability. You can spend $42 million on some other things. But the thing is that what I have been taught, not to, we, we've been taught that how to catch a fish. I mean, you can give me a fish, and, but the thing is that as long as I don't know that how to catch it. So we need to know that, you know, that, that this money sh we should invest into our system to create more money. And you can, against the $42 million, you can have a lot more money and you can invest into, into, into your, your industry. You can have the economic uh, uh, stimulus. So these are the things that I talk about, that being an entrepreneur, that I run the city as a business. But I take care of my fellow citizens as my family. So this is the difference I have among all of them. Well, Dr. Rashid, thank you so much. I'm just going to ask if I don't think we've missed anything out, but is there anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap up this interview? Um, this would, would like to say that the last thing, with last but not the least, is the transparency. And um, I would have myself available anytime anyone wants to reach me I'll be just a phone call away and I will have the regular town hall meetings um, on a twice a month or once a month I want to get connected with the state connected with the people why because I want to know that what we are doing wrong I don't want to hear that what we are doing right. I want to hear that what we are doing wrong, what are the problems, how we could be able to solve. And one more thing I will add is that I want to have a 1% person, percent of discretionary budget. That will, the voters will vote on that 1% of our budget. They will tell us that where do they want to spend the money. And so these are the things that I want to get connected with the volunteers with, because that what I just have learned by knocking at the doors that how loving they were, how 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 desperately they're wanting the change from south to north to east to west. And I think the time is here and I will be the people's mayor. So uh, I'm, I know I asked. I, I said that would be the last question, but just to finish here, you're, you're, and you said much earlier in this interview that there are some candidates that are saying things are going great in McAllen. Uh, let's just keep the continuity going. But you're saying when you knocking on the doors, you're hearing people want change. Yes, they want to change. They want to change. They want to change for a better life, better living conditions. I walked those streets, and I went to one of the homes. There, there was a gentleman. He was, uh, he has his four kids as physicians, and and I asked him that, you know, why don't you go and live with your children? Because they, they it's very unfortunate fact that they were born and raised here. 
their physicians. They left the valley. They're not, they're not living here. And only the father, I asked him, he said, no, this is my home. I worked very hard and I made my kids from this home and I'm not going to leave this home. They better fix these streets. That's their responsibility. I did my job. I raised my children to be the best. And that's your job to make my city the best. And he said, the doctor, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to vote for you and I'll hold you accountable. And that's where it, it is very unfortunate that our health budget, do you know how much is that this year? It's 2%, 2% and which is two and a half percent less than the last year. And these are all the numbers are in the budget and not too many people, they know about it. So th in closing, and I, I appreciate that you have given me the time and the opportunity. And the, there was one concern everyone was asking was that, oh, are you going to raise the taxes? Hey, doctor, are you going to, 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 to raise our taxes? I said, no. Everything will be done without raising your taxes. How is it possible? I said, it's very, very possible. First and foremost is that we have to set our priorities and reset our 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 um, our uh, what you call the um, the budget we have to cut the wasteful spending and we have to eliminate the self enriching city jobs and the appointed positions and we have to diversify our economic profile we have millions of dollars you don't have to borrow from anywhere it is just a matter of resetting our priorities. Dr. Rashid, how can people reach you and your campaign? They can reach me through uh, my uh, cell number 956-533-0799 and they can email us at Dr. Uh, D-O-C-T-O-R uh, Rashid R-A-S-H-I-D for mayor at gmail.com and they can also uh, follow me on the Facebook uh, on Facebook is um, uh, Dr. Rashid for mayor for McAllen and um, I'm available I'm just a phone call away and uh, um, you can text message me you can inbox me and uh, and otherwise you know where my practice is I'm available to everyone and thank you very much, Steve, for your wonderful your time. And I, I appreciate that uh, you know you um, you have given me so much time, and uh, it means that uh, how much you care, uh, you how how much you care about the people of the city, and is uh, is very uh, very appreciated, and uh, is um, and I I am very grateful to you for that. Dr. Shahid Rashid, M.D. Running for Mayor of McAllen, thank you so much for today's interview. God bless you. Thank you so much. That was candidate for Mayor of the City of McAllen, Dr. Shahid Rashid. If you're a candidate running for office in the Rio Grande Valley, the Rio Grande Guardian wants to feature you in our Meet the Candidate series. Call or text Rio Grande Guardian editor Steve Taylor at 956 605-9380. Send Steve Taylor an email. S. Taylor at RioGrandeGuardian.com. 
Again, if you're a candidate running for office in the Rio Grande Valley, the Rio Grande Guardian would like to include you in our Meet the Candidate feature. I'm Mario Munoz, reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.